Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to episode 283 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. He is. Joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. Good morning, Christian. Good morning. We've got um, special guests. We've got a room full of people today. We, got a, we have a room. I hope the fire marshal doesn't come in here. Yeah, we're over capacity. There are, I'm going to ballpark at 16 people in here right now. Including Efren, our lead producer, who is eating oatmeal, and who goes to his honeymoon in Waco, Texas. Yes. So, so with, without getting into all that, Joe Kenya is here, the pride of Bergen Catholic. B.C. High school. Um, How do they say it? Dos, dos Vult? Dos Vult. There he is. There, now we can see him. Joe, what's up, dude? Not much. This is, uh, is kind of Joe's first on-camera. Joe's kind of been a behind-the-scenes guy. A lot of people don't maybe even know who Joe Kenya is, you fools. First time ever, maybe. On camera. Yeah. Joe, can you confirm this is your, your first time? This is your first, like, flow on camera moment? First time on camera. So wow. I've done, like, Facebook Live stuff, Instagram Live stuff, like, behind the camera. But I've never been on the camera. I'm just kind of hanging out behind the scenes. Wow. And for everyone and that uh, hates our Instagram and all those nasty comments, those are coming to me. So. Yes. So he is our, a content marketer alongside Kyle Brackey. They are a dynamic duo. And Joe's here today to talk about engagement metrics on social... No, just kidding. No. He is a crusader. He's a crusader, and um, Joe asked to come on the show to, to talk about the Bergen Catholic program, Coach Dave Bell, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start, let's start right there with Bergen Catholic with an update uh, of sorts. So yesterday I learned a lot um, from someone extremely close to the situation. Who's, um, yeah, that's close enough. That's all you need to know, I guess. One, law enforcement has reached out to the plaintiff's family on three occasions, trying to meet with them, trying to talk to them, trying to, hey, you made these accusations of sexual assault. You should talk to the police about that, right? The family won't talk to them, okay? Two, um, CPS, Child Protective Services, that their version of that in New Jersey has said all the the accusations against Coach Bell, 
uh, against Bergen Catholic are unfounded and unsubstantiated. So untrue. They're, there's nothing true about them whatsoever. So there's that. And then this is the most interesting thing. The One of the attorneys for the case, Martin Asatrian, called the uh, attorney for, for Coach Bell and said, this has spiraled out of control. We're... This guy just wants to wrestle his senior year. Um, he wants to wrestle in college, um, blah, blah, blah. Will you sign a voluntary dismissal? And they're like, okay. Is, and then the Martin Asatrian's like, but also I need you to sign a release that you're not going to sue us. Um, so the – For defamation or for – Yeah, for, for – I mean, I don't know. There's probably a, a number of charges they could levy against this group for, if – I mean, they're dismissing this outright. CPS says it's unfounded. They won't even talk to the police. I don't know. I don't know legal maneuvering, but I mean, Coach I w- Bell, et cetera, if if they sue them. Okay, so I they- want to ask you a couple questions, but get to your. You have a fourth point, I believe. No, those three. Okay. Um. So, in that, they say, that, you know, this kid just wants to wrestle his senior year. Are are they suggesting? That he r- remains with the team? No, no, he wants to. He's just saying in. He, he's not going to be back at Bergen, um, so I, I think he's going to wrestle somewhere. Maybe I think he tried to get into St. Joe's and Pope. But they've already. This is the the craziest thing about this is, what were they thinking? Well, I mean, one weekend, they're just like we're out. We're, we're just one weekend. They and the thing is, they went their side went to the media with this. They had this lawsuit that they knew was untrue where they uh, accused Coach Bell of, of all this, you know, calling a kid shredded and I love you and then just throwing sexual assault in there 19 times with no information about it. <laughs> just the word itself, right? Um, where did they... Where did they if, see if this going? If if they if the case is so flimsy, which, which they know it is, um where did they expect if, if they're willing to retract it like that quickly where did they expect the case to go like what or where if they were using it just for leverage to get what they want what did they really what did they want yeah, what did they want because they obviously did not um obviously did not have the confidence or the evidence to see it all the way through cuz it only took a week for him to shatter if they if they didn't have a real case, what did they expect to get out of it? I that's what I, as angry as they they have been. I mean, first of all, they filed it in April. All this stuff happened in December and January. So they hung on to it, that anger for that many months into April. And then they say, yeah, we got all our stuff together. They file it, they run to the media. The other attorney has been on TV and all this other stuff. And then it's just one week that Pulling it back, we want to voluntarily dismiss it. It seems like it seems like it was just pure anger and pure um, bitterness. And and, the, and one of the issues is that because this has been a back and forth between the coaching staff and this group of parents via email. There's all these emails. I could read an email right now from January 31st that the father sent to to um, Brother Walsh. The guy, I don't know what is what is Brother Walsh's role. Um, what's his title, Joe? Brother Walsh is the president of the school, so he's like they have a principal, and he's kind of like the next level because they also 
and they were mentioned in the lawsuit, right? The Archdiocese of Newark. Right. The school operates through the school, but it also has a leg that operates through the church. So they've got a guy that's, you know, above the principal who works with both the school and the church. Got that's it. Brother Walsh does. Got it. So is the email to Brother Walsh. So this guy's going way over the top here. January 31st, all he wants is a rustle off. January 31st. He's saying all this stuff happened in December, happened in early January. All the, the sexual assaults happened. And all you're worried about, Father, is, is Father, I mean, Father, the plaintiff, is getting your kid a wrestle off. I mean, so my point is, all this, it's so obvious what they were doing yeah. and what they were actually upset about that I just can't imagine how people who went through law school and passed the bar exam could get to this bill and like, that, let's just run it. I mean, are lawyers, like, in general, just that power crazy? They just have this aura of invincibility that they thought they could do this? That's it's what crazy. I crazy. You know, you have to have a certain level of... Um, intelligence and instinct you know insert your lawyer jokes but you you know you go through law school and undergrad you have to have a certain level of uh, critical thinking to become a lawyer but then to go through the process that they did so silly was just pure silliness and um, to put the stuff in the document that they did like in the legal papers it says well brother Walsh said enough is enough you know, we 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 asked for question, we asked for answers, and and he just dismissed us saying enough is enough. Yeah, he said enough is enough because enough of it, you because you're just you're just barking up the wrong tree. You're, you're the opportunity to earn his spot on the team, which he would have to earn. This means a fair wrestle off. It's like one of the last paragraphs. That's that's all this is about, guys. So you wanted a wrestle off, didn't get it. Actually, he did, but he didn't get it in the way he wanted it. Therefore. Let's sue them and Let's make the them. most heinous accusation essentially you can make against them. And the then coach. you have the audacity to put in the legal document that their response to you was enough is enough. Yeah, enough is enough because you're being a crazy parent. Yeah. Boy, that's Mike Riordan was saying like <laughs> Coach Bell, all his sacrifice, and he hit the crazy parent lottery here. No, he, I mean, yeah. This is all time. All time crazy parent. So I wanted, uh, Joe wanted to come on, and I'm glad he's on because I know. I've met Coach Bell and know of his reputation. Um, Willie does as well, but I n none of us have like worked closely with him, know him well, have been um, coached by him. So I think it'd be great just to have Joe and just talk about the guy that – the men that are at Bergen Catholic and, and the guy that, that you know Coach Bell to be. Cool. So when, when I first heard these accusations, right, you hear, you hear these things come up, super serious, and you always – like you don't want to come in a victim, right, and you want to have an open mind – even if it's someone who you know really well and respect. When I heard this, it kind of struck a different type of chord than maybe some other situations you would hear, just kind of because of my relationship I had with Coach Bell. So I met Coach Bell when I was probably 13, wrestling for schoolboys on Team New Jersey. And I wrestled with him at Bergen Catholic for two years, but he coached me at Fargo a bunch of years, he coached me at cadet duels, junior duels, we traveled all over the country. After the fact, after I graduated high school, I came back and I worked with NJ.com and I covered them on the media side. So if something like this had been true, I would have seen it, heard it, talked about it. And there was never five seconds in my entire life where anything like that was ever talked about, discussed, a possibility, anyone, anywhere ever said anything like that. So when you have a relationship with someone for 15 years and you hear something that's so out of character, uh, I think that's kind of why a lot of people came and started, you know, stepping up and saying, 
you know, if they're looking for other victims, you know, other people to come and say, well, that wasn't me. That didn't happen to me. That wasn't the case. That's not how he was. And uh, that's the experience that I had. So I, I think something, too, about, uh, and no one asked me to come on, right? Like, I wanted to come on, and I felt strongly that I wanted to put my name on this. Uh, the, the people who, and everyone says it, right? Coach Bell has such a big impact on me. Uh, good guy, great coach. Uh, and like, like CP said last week, not about the X's and O's. I certainly wasn't the best wrestler on that Burton Catholic team. Uh, a lot of people that you see being cited in the newspapers, you know, uh, defending Coach Bell, they weren't state champs, you know. Some of them were JV guys. And I think that just speaks volumes, right? It doesn't matter who you are in the room. And they say fair wrestle off. So my freshman year, I wrestled off every, they let you wrestle off every single week. And my freshman year, I wrestled off every single week and got beaten except for once, but it was best of three, right? So to say that there's not a fair wrestle-off system, and I don't know how they operate it now. Maybe they've kind of changed it to the college style where, you know, because they have such depth in these open tournaments, but that was not a place where there were unfair wrestle-offs ever. They would bring in a third-party coach to come and wrestle and do the wrestle-offs. They do them every week, and they say, you want to wrestle-off, here, you know, here's your opportunity. So it was... Uh, the real tragedy, and I was talking with Nomad about it this morning, is even after this gets dismissed, even after this gets proven wrong, those search results linking Coach Bell's mm. name to this aren't going to go anywhere. They're still going to live on the internet. And how many parents and how many kids are going to have seen that initial article and they're not going to see the follow-up? And maybe now subconsciously that's in their mind if it wasn't true. So I thought it was important just to kind of, you know, say, been there, done that, you know, never the kind of guy and uh, it's a shame what I will say while, while I've never seen any of the things he was accused of I have certainly seen plenty of the things that we're speculating on where kids threaten to leave if they don't get special treatment where uh, you know people ex people expect to get the superstar treatment because they're a superstar athlete and I'm not saying I mean we're, we're speculating that's the situation here I don't want to say anything definitively but you know, if we're saying, hey, this type, this type of assault happened or this type of behavior, blackmail, threatening, that type of thing happened, 15 years, I've seen a lot of one and I've seen absolutely none of the other. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a, definitely a part of what's going on, wanting superstar treatment. And um, yeah, I think, I think you said it well. And, and to your point, yeah, they bring in actual officials to do the wrestle off. like. Actual New Jersey sanctioned officials to do the wrestle off. So yeah, it's fair. It's on the up and up. And and I think the biggest point you made is he's not catering to the to the stars on the team. He, everyone's an equal. You you spoke to that, and um, that's what the coaching's about. And you're right about the 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 search. You know, you search Dave Bell. That's going to come up, and. We know his reputation, and people that have worked with Coach Bell know his reputation. But, you know, all things being equal, if I don't really know the wrestling world and I have a kid and I'm considering sending him to school, one has this accusation and one doesn't, right? And I don't really know Coach Bell. You're, you're probably not going to send him there, right? All things being equal. I mean, it's not, it's not ideal. I think the, the publications in New Jersey should do their due diligence and uh, – put a little respect on his name but um i mean if, if i'm if i'm a parent in new jersey i mean let's let's give some of the parents 
we, we say crazy parents, but let's give them some credit. If if you have a kid that's coming up in schoolboys and stuff, they know the scene in Jersey for sure. Yeah. They're diehards. Um, they know. They're, they're, they're going to know. They're going to know. They're not going to be flying blind and say, well, I'm thinking about sending my kid to Bergen Catholic. Well, let's Google Dave Belt. No, they know the reputation. They know the story. They know what's going on. I, uh, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I would send, right? Like, for sure. I'd in a heartbeat. Day, in a heartbeat. Send yeah. My kid there. yeah. There you have it. Um, obviously, more to come here. You know, it hasn't been officially dismissed. Uh, if It feels like there's going to be some more time on this story. It feels like you said the word disbarred. And if this if, isn't if grounds for it, I don't know what it is. If this isn't abuse of power from the via the legal system. I'm not sure what what is. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, following, like, the Jersey, the New Jersey forums right now and, and, and what the people are saying, um, one of the big debates is should we hold contempt or should we, should we not punish, but how should we feel about the actual kid? Because a lot of, you know, th there's a debate. It was like, well, the kid knew what he was doing. He knows what he was signing off on as well. And then a lot of them were like, well, he's just a kid. The parents are the real, are real ones that push the issue. And so um, there's sort of a debate there. Uh, but the lawyers too, right? The lawyers, the, the lawyers are the ones that, I just, I don't think anybody enjoys a world where you go around slinging baseless accusations. Right, exactly right. Okay, um, we'll we'll transition elsewhere, I guess, for the time being. Coaching updates is what Willie put in here. I don't know. Um, I don't have I, any. There was there was a there was a but you know we talked about the the usual suspects. Um, you know, there's Edinburgh's Cleveland State, there's Little Rock, um, but the one that kept coming up the most when you tweeted ask us questions, uh, I saw several asking oh, about yeah. Damian Hans' assistance. I don't know if there's any update there. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, they're going to keep Cody Caldwell there. And I think the, as far as the rest of his staff goes, um, I'm not sure where, where they're going. I think, yeah, he's going to look at that Cornell tree for sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know if Cam Simaz is interested. There's but been a lot of guys come through Cornell that are that would make good candidates, and that's that are still around wrestling, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. So maybe someone like Cam, I know he wants to get a good lightweight coach in there. I'm not sure who that would be, who kind of fits that description. But uh, hey, thanks, Joe's just leaving. Look, Joe didn't even get to say goodbye. He's swapping out with Nomad. Swapping out with Nomad. Just, just like that, like a vapor in the wind, he's gone. He'll, he'll have to have him back again soon. Goodbye, Joe. Um, he's probably gonna make an Instagram post within four minutes now. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I ha I haven't heard much on the in terms of what direction he's looking apart from. He wants a light guy, maybe Cam Simas. So yeah, yeah, that's that. Um, other other than that, not much. Haven't heard anything at Arkansas Little Rock. Haven't heard anything on Cleveland State. And uh, yeah, and as far as I know, Flynn's bringing everyone with him now. Edinburgh's open, and that's been relatively quiet as well. Yeah. So that's okay. So, what else? You want to you want to go to the Dream Team match? Scream Team. Scream Team. Yeah. So the Nomad's dying to talk about this. I am not. 
I'm not dying because. <sighs> See what? So what Listen, happened? Here, here's, what happened? Was, I'll explain this. Okay. Yesterday, at Flow Sports, mm-hmm. it was the most obnoxious argument, mm-hmm. and I actually was minimally involved for once. I just kind of like. What it? he's saying what is, it? we hashed it out. We hashed it out, like with passion. I'm glad we did office. it there. Honestly, it would have been because it was a mess. Everyone would have hated us. Yeah, more than they do now. Right. Well, uh, that's. I mean, it's spoiled a little bit because I think everybody saw the clips going around and everybody saw the debate going around on the Jacory Teamer Brayton Lee match, and they were pumped for us to. <laughs> they were pumped for us to talk about it on FRL. And we did it yesterday, and, like, we're kind of exhausted from it. Well, he, my only point is I was watching the thing by myself. I wasn't in the G-chat. I didn't see what anyone else's takes were throughout it. And I was like, ver- as it was happening, I was like, Ja'Cory's stalling right now. All right, he gets warned. He's still stalling. He gets warned. Okay, another stall point. And then now Brayton's stalling. Okay, he gets warned. He's still stalling. He gets warned. I was like, this is great. That's and Nomad that's and I had the exact opposite reactions. I know. I don't know yeah, how. I was watching. It's, it's same, been same like 50 50 on social, guys. You don't know how? No, what? no, I don't. I, I truly. I mean, that's how I I'm feel. I'm watching the match. I'm, I, I'll say this. I'm pretty good at knowing when people are going to get dinged. And I'm watching the match, and I'm like, man, Ja'Cory's going to get dinged. Boom. We man, got Ja'Cory. Ja'Cory yeah. got to engage here. Boom. Uh, it's not, it wasn't surprising to me in the least. Yeah, t- without re- redoing the whole thing, I'm not going to get into counting the top position, whatever. Was that, I mean, I don't know. But all I know is... Well, that played into it because it gave up a point. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay, and I'm okay with it, too. I, well, a lot of people had problems with the time, including Nomad. A lot of people had problems, not so much with the stalling, but at the time of the stalling. So the way that yes. we are... Uh, typically see them come in the situations we see them come. And so, to their point, right, if, if a guy is rear standing for four seconds and gets dinged, the whole wrestling world goes, we never see that until there's at least a five count. Okay. But the five count's fake. One, the five count's fake. And two... Um, what was Ja'Cory doing there that was stalling? And two, it's a part of the... It's a part of an accumulation of things, right? So, the ref calls it rear standing stalling. On a four count instead of a five. Go watch the, go watch the. Then call it sequence. Then. Uh, that's what I'm saying, Kyle. That's what I'm saying. No, you, you can't are, just call are, it five seconds are, later. You are upset about the timing of the call. That's precisely what I said. You are upset. Yes. At, because you saw it being called at a time when he wasn't stalling. In a situation so yeah, I am that pissed is about different it. from what you're normally seeing. Put it all together. The timing of the call is what makes it wrong. Like. Either call it in the moment. Makeup calls suck. Straight up, they suck. Either call it in the moment when he's on a side headlock, which yes. he instead of calling stalling, he went with stalemate, which is also fine. Or don't call it at all. It has to be called in the appropriate time. And I think situationally, the first call wasn't stalling, nor do I think cumulatively it was stalling in the first period. I don't think situationally the second one on top was stalling, nor do I think cumulatively it was stalling. I think... In part, the, the the match got to the ref. And then I think at the end he made another makeup call on Brayton, hitting Brayton twice. That was crazy. 
Um, it was, it was, it, if that's how Ja'Cory wrestling is going to be stalling. ref, I don't want to watch it anymore. Ja'Cory was stalling Sucked. from neutral. He was backing away from Just Brayton trash. the entire time. The entire time. Okay. I mean, to, there was a there was a point where there was one time. Go watch it again. There was one time where Brayton goes like this and Ja'Cory goes like this. Like 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 a boxer, like a boxer, avoiding contact. Yeah. So, listen, you can think it wasn't stalling all you want. I, it wasn't. I you say you don't want to watch wrestling like that. I, I, I it makes let's it give rest more power because it's they never mess that. anything. Yes, about, it is. No. If you call, they will inject themselves into every single match. If you let them officiate like that, do you know what the reason worse? I'm pissed that, off that, about it is because like wrestling is not officiated like that, and you can't just change it in that match. Either change the rules, you can't just make up your mind. And say I'm going to call it this way. What's also very it's, 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 it's not, it's not, not even well, a hold black on. and white. This thing. wasn't some renegade. This wasn't just like, oh my gosh, he's literally changing the sport now. It was very well within. Yeah. If, if you don't, it's see not that, called like that. If you don't see that, that's within the margins to be called stalling. That this is not some renegade off the whistle hitting a double stall. Yeah. It's it. He was backing away. He was stalling. He wasn't Please. returning. He was stalling. He Brayton wasn't was, returning. Brayton was avoiding. He was stalling. Okay? You get so, hit twice in 11 guys, seconds. When does that ever happen? In the that, was, that was ridiculous. Huh? In the Olympics. Okay. And I, then... The amount of... In the Olympics, Listen, we're going to talk about freestyle versus folk style yeah. right so now. Are we, yeah, I don't, I don't get the freestyle. That has nothing to do with it. But... The point does. So, I don't... I don't think... I don't know. I think it was justified to make those calls, but there's a there's a potential. The, the consequence that you're not realizing is that this could help. If if every official had this kind of mentality, then Jacory doesn't back away that much, and then Brayton knows he can't back away that much. But because they swallow their whistles every single match, every because single we match. see it so much that. Basically, 20 seconds. You just have to make that 20 second part, and you can run because no one's going to hit that's, you twice. But you should be hit twice. That's what I'm saying about the Olympics. Yeah, that's freestyle. The same point. Everybody, Ganzerig ran, and he got dinged for fleeing for caution. And that you cannot just say there's 15 or 20 seconds left in the match. Therefore, he gets a free pass to run around and do whatever. Because that's what Brayton did. Yes. No, it's not. How can you even say that? It's also I have the clip right here. Can we play it? I've been trying to mm -hmm. get play yeah, it. Well, I don't know if we can clips. play it today. What's also very odd to me is that you guys I are like... I would love to see him run around the mat right here. You guys are team captain of refs interject themselves at the wrong times all the time. And this is a ref who interjected himself five times in the course of the match. And every time was wrong. No. No. Your brain really ran there, man. I can't believe that. Looked like a track star. Backing away. <laughs> he said he ran. He's backing away. All right, whatever. Oh, congrats. He stalled. Or he, uh, he sprawled right there off a shot, and then he posted on his head. I like it. So Corey was doing a That's lot a there to get through that uh, post. I love it. I wish I wish Stalin was called like that all every match. I think that's how it should be called. It's a good thing you guys aren't officials. <sighs> Say the same for you. Yeah. I would, yeah. That's the way it should be called. By the way, sport would be more more enjoyable. Yeah. For the record, yeah, yeah, Jacory. I mean, it looked it looked to me like Jacory got the first takedown and was like, "I'm milking this lead all the way to." I'm the, good. I'm you, have you ever watched Jacory wrestle? Yeah. That's I, how I he wrestles care. every single I match. I don't care what his style is. And you might, he took multiple well, other shots well, after that. Well, he backs that. away. And, and, I'm not talking about and that. And people will say, Willie. "Well, he wasn't backing away. He was circling." Well, Willie. whatever. He was he was not 
He was evading. Shut he up. was not I'm talking about to tie up. Listen, you're saying he tried to milk a lead. Watch the match. He took multiple other shots, was scrambling and countering Brayton. He wasn't just trying to sit there and milk that. Um, He took um, sporadic shots. And listen, what are you talking changes. about? He was in so deep one time, Brayton had to kick out of bounds. Yeah, one he time. He once again got what? in on a double and drove him out of bounds, listen, but they just ran out of room. I don't care. You don't yeah, care? I, you said no, he was milking a lead. I don't care lead. that you take a shot. You take a shot, right? Once every minute 15, and that leaves you off the hook for the rest it of the time. It was not every minute 15. No. That, is, that is the biggest misconception with this match, that Brayton was so Look, much more offensive than Ja'Cory. Ja'Cory was probably 40% as offensive, and his style anyway is reattacks. And there are so many guys in college, in high school, who do the exact same no. thing that Ja'Cory does find and don't one. get hit to find that same extent. Find me a guy extent. that wrestles like, that backs away like that. Jordan Oliver. Jordan or, Oliver nope, used to no. literally count the steps backwards. How many times did we watch him to the push Brent Metcalf yeah. away at the U.S. Open a couple years ago? He yeah, literally he got, backs he, away. He got hit, and he got put on a shot clock immediately every single he time he did But that. he wrestles like that. He backs away. Yes, he does. He no, only, there's a difference between creating like space and not wrestling. Oh, my God. There's a difference between creating space and not trying anything. Please. He was trying stuff. You're ridiculous. And Brayden himself was like, yeah, these stall calls okay. were kind of ridiculous. Okay, I don't care what Brayden Yeah, you don't care Brayden what the kid on the, the mat. The guy who was the, in the match. You don't like, care what the kid on the mat saw and felt. And, and he said, I wasn't even trying to do anything right there. Yeah. I don't care what he There has to be a component of the Brayden offensive wrestling. Brayden was stepping forward and Ja'Cory was circling. I don't, I don't care what he says and I don't care what you say. There has to be a component of the offensive wrestler installing the other right. guy installing. If... I'm wrestling Kyle, and I'm circling around, but he's also not making contact or trying to attack or trying to leg attack. Then Kyle's not doing anything either. Breaking news, backwards. breaking news, breaking news. It is official. This is done. We're done with this. Better news. Frank Chimizo, Jordan Burroughs, done deal, beat the streets May 17th. It is happening. Live on Flow Wrestling. Live on FlowWrestling.org. Hopefully they ref it appropriately. I'm sure they will. I'm sure that Chimizo's evasion will be hit for passivity frequently. Well, good. We thought it was going to come, and now it's official. That is freaking awesome. I can't wait for that. It's going to be a great weekend or a great week because you're going to have to beat, beat the streets on, what, Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, and then you're going to have junior trials, junior trials and – uh, trials challenge, senior trials challenge tournament, like two days later. It's gonna be a great week of wrestling. I can't wait. Me and Bader doing the double dip. You doing both? Oh yeah, I can't wait. Beat the streets. I say it every year. It's like my favorite thing. Well, I can't wait for the open. And part, you know, part of what has lacked on the U.S. senior level for so long has been. Um, has been a series, has been a, a, a sort of a schedule, right? Um, credit to USA Wrestling for always incentivizing. And this is, this is something that general fans um, have, some have had a problem with, is that, man, you, you win the Open, you sit in the finals. Uh, I, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, why, that's not fair. Like, if you don't sit in the finals, you're not, nobody's going to go to the Open. It's pointless to go to the open. Yeah. Right. Other than well, no, well to qualify, you qualify. right? But well, it's pointless to win. Just right. Get top six. I'm yeah, done. Just make the semis and then dip, right? So every major sport 
Every major sport has a season. Wrestling is now starting to have a season with the U.S. Open to qualify and incentivize to sit in the finals, with uh, a trials, with a Final X series, with events like Beat the Streets and and juniors becoming more popular. It's it's exciting. And and if you throw in the UWW calendar with it, it's mm-hmm. even, you know you got World Cup, which feeds to the Open, which feeds to Trials. Uh, and with beat the streets, Final X, then Worlds, I and mean, with some of those tournaments, I mean, kudos to UWW for making. I, I think it should be tweaked, but for making their making seeds, making the um, continentals count, making certain tournaments count for seeding. Now it's follow alongable. Before it was just who cares what anybody does, and then everybody in the pool at Worlds. I mean, there's no. There's not nothing to that, right? Right. So, so it's we're a get, good time to be a fan. We're getting that way. Typically, I, I I don't know the full card for for beat the streets, but I would imagine that all the final X, the guys that are in final X are going to be wrestling and gals. I would assume. I don't know that to be sure. So there's an awful lot of people that have to go to Rochester for the trials. Um, there'll be less of that after the open because some of those guys will sit. But some of them are locked up for, um, you know, for Rochester, so they won't be able to go to Beat the Streets. But there'll still be a lot of, a lot of star power at Beat the Streets. Chimizo Burrows, you know. Chimizo Burrows. So let's let's talk about that match. I think we've talked about it. Do we want to talk we about did. it a little more? I don't know. Nomad last time went rogue on us. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Is he? Because I think that Frank Chimizo. Has a legitimate chance against Jordan. Burroughs. No, that's not what you said. That's not what you said, but you said he has more upside. I he do think more. he has more upside right now than Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Burroughs is thirty. He's not thirty, and he doesn't have more upside than him. Jordan Burroughs is incredible and will probably win, but at their hundred percent, then why can't he? Why 30. doesn't he initiate his own offense? If he has so much upside, that's that's my question. He doesn't ha- that's his style? He doesn't have to. That's he his has thing. to. He he needed to in 2016. Yeah, and he lost uh, just because. Do you like upside means you still can lose? I know, but I feel like if he's got more to give, he has he, more. He has a lower floor and a higher ceiling. Burroughs is far more consistent. It, I, I this I'm rehashing the same things I said. He's yeah. far more consistent. He's one better year, on top. He's he's done it more often. One lower floor as in one year Burroughs took seventh, and all the other years he's meddled. No, he's saying no. He's right. He's like Chimizo's bad will be worse than Burroughs. Yes. So it's like the range is like this, and he thinks Burroughs' range is like I guess like this. Which is why it's wiser to because pick of Burroughs. Age? You mean going forward is because of age? But it's part of it, yeah. Chimizo could be how old? Yeah. Chimizo's been making be thirty-eight. Dude. There's a lot of miles on those tires. He's been making world yeah. teams since like 2010. How old was That's he when he made when he made the world finals at fifty five? Like seventeen or eighteen. Oh my gosh! What a monster! Oh well, yeah. Okay, we'll see. And We're I'm gonna s- see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just psyched it's happening because it's the. In my opinion, there's no like again outside of Snyder Sedge Live. There's no other match that could draw this level of attention. It's also interesting in the context of um, could it influence? No, it probably doesn't influence what Chimizo does for the Olympics, but it could influence on what he does for Worlds, right? Well, I, I, If he goes out there and gets outclassed, maybe he goes 70. 
I wonder about that. I part of me thinks he's well. What do you think, Nomad? Is he going to stay at seventy or seventy-four, or do you think he's going to go down, or do you think this will be a this will kind of dictate where he goes? Will Will Jordan banish him down to seventy <laughs> kilograms where he belongs? I believe that's what will happen. He will be banished. Are we talking this year for Budapest? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think this. I don't think this will directly have any impact on if if he decides to go seventy four or not. I mean, look, there's no one in Italy that's gonna that's at seventy or seventy four. It seems like, hey man, we really need this for the team. No, it's Chimizo's world, and we're all living in it. If Chimizo wins, I think that may make him more likely. But he may just be like, yeah, you know what? Whether I win or not, I'm too small, and I need to bulk up. But I do think seventy four is where he's gonna go for Tokyo. And so at some point, you just make the decision whether it's this year or next year. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna go up. I think so. he should make. I, he probably should. It would behoove him just to stay up, unless it's just like easy for him to drop down. But I think he should start adding size. Uh, I w- I would like to see him remain at seventy four. I think it's it's a it's interesting. Should this be a loser leaves town match? No. Chimizo what? Chimizo comes over here. He trains with our guys. He's we want to beat Chimizo yes. at World. He beat an American in the World Finals. Should Are we you? say? Yes, he did. Chimizo. You like like in Pulp Fiction, when uh, Bruce Willis lost his LA privileges. You lost all your LA privileges. Chimizo should lose his American privileges. You're not gonna train with us anymore if you lose this match. I think the stakes well, should be higher. And and if Burroughs loses, then you said um, loser leaves town. Do you want to expel Jordan Burroughs? That's terrible. No, it's just just Chimizo. No, this is it. <laughs> no, we'll say it's a, Bur- it's a Chimizo Burroughs leaves town. No, match. what we'll say is Burroughs can't train in Italy. That's fair. Yeah. Fine. No more Italian training <laughs> camps for Jordan. It's that's even. Loser leaves town match. Let's get it going. I think that would be awesome. Except I kind of like it when he comes to America. You but know I, I don't want us to make him better. Right? We, he comes, trains with no. all these Americans. No, I do want him to make us better because Burroughs is exactly <laughs> the kind of guy that's like, I want the best. Burroughs was like crestfallen. He never got to wrestle Sargush again. Right? He's like, no, I want to wrestle that dude. I want to beat him. I want to prove that I'm the best. Because that's Jordan Burr's mindset. That's why he's incredible. He, I want the best version of Chimizo. That's why That's that's why I want to see that, that version hey. of Chimizo that I think has a higher ceiling than Burroughs. Because I want to know if if Burroughs still has that, which I believe he does. Well, for James Green. Because that's what we saw last year. Is Sargush, is Sargush um, coaching Russian juniors? Yes, Team Moscow. They mm-hmm. did very well. At the Russian yeah. Junior Nationals sidebar. <laughs> Team Moscow is that like the young guns of Russia? No, come on, Moscow Dagestan. mules they call them. <laughs> yeah. Chris oh my God. That uh, made me think of. But yeah, literally Brock the best Hyatt. thing for Jordan Burroughs is Chimizo or whomever to be at their absolute peak, and for him to go in that deep well we've seen him go in time after time after time, and just vanquish them. Well, especially in especially at Beat the Streets, right? I mean, you get your hands on him at Beat the Streets, although. Chimizo wrestles a little different. In, I mean, I I don't think the, I don't think we saw the best performance of Chimizo against Jordan Oliver. Correct. Um. But yeah, Jordan gets to get his hands on him, see what he's about, feel him, feel him out a little bit. Um. You know what I was thinking? Small transition here. Um. What UWW and 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 USA Wrestling did well, UWW with the. With a day of weigh-in, mm-hmm. like one of the one impetus into making that happen, or well, it's obviously weight, you know, 
weight safety, but it's also it was also hey we can promote we can promote um, the finals better, right? Uh, on day two, and so we can have all these storylines coming out and yada yada yada. However, with the way that they do registration and the f- and the first day weigh in, you can't market the f- day one stuff, right? Huh? You could market. You could market before when there was night before weigh-ins. You would have the brackets. You would have the brackets, and then you'd go through this bracket reaction, and you would put up articles, and you're like, uh, you know, well, Kyle Snyder's path to the title, and, and Logan Stieber's road to gold, and, and you could do that stuff. But now you can't. You might not even know who the representative is from a country. Well, here's here's the thing about that with USA events and UWW events, and I don't understand why. You could so easily do this. I, right, but they don't. Just draw the bracket. Yeah. Draw the, do the bracket, and if someone misses weight or something, then you adjust the bracket. Yeah. But at least we have, you know, 95% draw, of the bracket. Draw the bracket. What is the harm in that? Yep. Right? Yep. I think a lot of these tournaments, and, you know, Christian, you've seen it too by overseeing other sports. How many sports do we see that we do, that Flo does, that registration's goofy. You don't know who's coming up. You don't so tra- track f- track and field events. Uh, you know, I'm like, hey, what's the juice here? What's the what, you know? What are we pumping up? Well, we don't know yet because the heat sheets didn't come out. Because well, we don't know who's entered yet. I'm like, the thing is in six hours. They're like, yeah, we don't know till tomorrow. And, and you That's know what's terrible for the sport. And you know what's th- those sports are symptomatic of of sports that are that struggle. They're on the fringes. Yeah, that are on the periphery. Get a clue. Right. I mean, not that we're saying like, okay, release brackets the day before it changes everything, but decision. Those are symptomatic, right? Mm-hmm. That's a decision. that's like it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, it's just easier to do. What does if, that if matter you, if it's easier to draw the bracket the morning of? So just release them. It's gonna stink. It's gonna stink at worlds where you know we would go to weigh-ins. <laughs> One of the coolest things about attending worlds is going to weigh-ins. And everybody going to the board when the when the when the board comes up and, and they draw their numbers and and people are t- there's a hundred people with uh, their smartphones taking pictures and and then you figure out the bracket and then you're tweeting stuff like you ever tweet a draw from a world championship and people go nuts for it you can't do that now the brackets are going to come out and you're going to wrestle a couple hours later where you flow wrestling we have a stable of guys right we have six guys here a barn full yeah. <laughs> Well, we have six guys here who are just itching to write some preview material. Uh, you know, the guys at the open mat, the guys at the mat, the guys everywhere are, are, are itching. Guys at UWW probably are, are itching to write stuff. We can't market it because we don't know until an hour before they're going to wrestle. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you, Willie. The, the, like, sitting down with Richard Immel last year in Paris, and for just an hour we'd be like, we're, we're cross-referencing How credentials and, and going through. All right, so if this guy wins... We'll have him, but then we could have this guy out of this quarter, and like, okay, this is the quarter of death, and yeah, it's mm-hmm. and having been to the Schultz and the Farrell, it's really frustrating because it's like, all right, we got brackets and we're wrestling. Yeah, right. It's like I don't even know what's the potential quarters, what's the potential semis, who got separated. They yeah. need they need to do something about that. Uh, I think, um, and this it, is this is not a decision that's like, it's like um, changing. 
from away from the ball draw system. That was like a you know sport changing. This is an easy one. You, you easy don't need fix. you don't need a bureau meeting to sort this out. It's like wait, oh, we'll just release them the day before no. so that we can. And that, well, another component of this too is the federations should have to submit a roster and because you don't even know sometimes you don't even know who they're bringing right um they should have to submit a roster and and they should be public then when the when the federations all have them in and they should be locked and if they make weight they make weight and if they don't you don't have a you don't have a guy in the bracket but then the the brackets are set the night before and we're all happy about it yeah yeah so that's a good point i hadn't even been thinking about that all right, so where to next, friends? 845, we're humming. This baby's humming. 845 already. I'm telling you. 846. You had two cups of coffee. It keeps changing. Morning, didn't you? No, I didn't. You I didn't? Sh- it looked how He much made a second one. I think he spilled the whole thing. Should we? How'd we, you know? I saw you out there dancing around. I, didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought no one noticed. Spill. I was like, I'm going to have a second cup. S- went to like, I'm clumsy. <laughs> Just poured the whole thing everywhere. Yeah, all over. I, all the paper towels. I even got on my new shoes. Kyle, can we get a shot of Kyle Bracky? How you doing, bud? I'm good. I think just, you're, are you still a little heated? No, I'm just shaking my head at right. Christian being clumsy like always. Hey, right. I won that clumsy yesterday uh, on the courtyard. We're all friends. I really want to. You average two. two whiffs a game. Two whiffs. I average two wins per series. I bet as well. I really want to get into the U.S. Open stuff, but I guess we'll have to wait for a little bit. I mean, that's... Well, do we? Can we talk about the rankings? Because... We can talk about rankings. We should start with this on the rankings. They're not our rankings. We didn't rank... We didn't rank Zane ahead of Logan. These are USA's rankings. We just... I can't wait till Hawkeye Report yells at us. Oh. Are they yelling at us? I don't know. Probably. I'm sure they will after this. Probably. Uh, But yeah, we don't do these rankings... We're just, they're USA rankings, right? You wouldn't arrest someone for just selling someone drugs, right? (laughs) From the office. Um, So, yeah, that's (laughs) how those, they they did those rankings. But, yeah, I think they're, by and large, not that far off, right? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, Nomad will probably have a problem with, I don't know. Saran Francisco. Saran Francisco (laughs) and somebody else being 9 and 10 or something like that. Uh, I find nothing wrong with them. Um, there are a couple questions. It's kind of funny. Sp- Spencer is behind NATO. Yeah. That's and a little... Spencer's behind NATO and, and uh, Zahid is behind Mark. And but I it's get, clearly only... Well, well, hold on. But if you're saying... but And so at least that's consistent. But if you're saying NCAA championships to win NCAAs as a qualifier for world team trials... Yes. Then should the result not matter? Exactly. No, you're you're right. I mean, if they're 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 giving it the value, right? So they're saying it has some ranking value. Now, yeah, Mark had is the heat, but but maybe they could they could very reasonably say, hey, winning Junior Worlds is a bigger criteria. It didn't than, help Spencer though, huh? Well, he won Junior Worlds two years ago now. What's well, NATO done? Well, and also NATO. Now, because see, that, well, NATO's made national team, senior NATO, level national team, and was but. But that's the thing, though, is it's it's inconsistent in that sense. And if you're saying, all right, well, NATO's been on the senior level, da da da. Well, Spencer has never done anything on the senior level, right? Like, who's number six? Yeah, here? I think. But I think you're just illustrating the point of like, man, it's tough. You're comparing NCAA folks out yeah. You've got juniors who've never wrestled yeah. seniors, and you're trying to give them 
okay, it's disingenuous to not have Spencer rank, but how high can we put him when he's never wrestled? So I think they're just they're trying to and that's weigh a seven a lot kilogram jump too. Seven kilogram jump, and it's been two years, um, and Spencer's clearly only gotten worse since that time. <laughs> uh, well, it's obviously a troll job for Hawkeye fans. They got him. I think <clears throat> Gary Abbott got him. But listen, when we're going down that far, there's a couple of nitpicky things, but overall they're pretty good. Valencia um, behind Vincenzo Joseph just sticks out to me, even though it's probably right because Valencia's done some stuff on, on the freestyle scene. Yeah. We haven't seen. I'm curious if we'll see Vincenzo Joseph. Vincenzo could be the... He could be the number one contender at 74. So Dan Valamont's ranked second, guys. That is Hell the it. most egregious. Give me a hand here. I, Dan Valamont is one of the coolest, nicest guys in wrestling. What he do? He, he, I have no idea he how made he's ranked fi- second. Did he make the final? He made the finals of Farrell, I think. Yeah, where he lost to Tommy Gant. <clears throat> he got Gannett. By 11-0. Well. Well. <laughs> Tommy Gant is fifth. Fifth. I don't, I don't understand that. I don't understand the Valamonster. Yeah, that's a weird I'm one. I'm team Valamont all the way. It, I think, yeah, I don't know. A couple things, I don't, but my Jimmy great. Kennedy is apparently retired. Um, that's interesting. Jimmy Kennedy's retired. Nobody knew Did he that. outgrow 70? I don't know, but is Kellen Russell still? Yeah, so that one confused me because Russell is qualified for the trials at 70 because he won the Schultz. But is not ranked in 70, including some guys he finished ahead of slash beat at, like Jason Chamberlain, at the Schultz. Okay, right. That's an, that's one. And then, like, the, what's the Dardane situation? They're not in the rankings at all. There's training partners, maybe. Um, so, well, we're going down the list. I mean, we're yeah, going down. I think um, that's the rankings. But my, my question, 74, and this was something we had our content meeting yesterday talking about the 74 who who is left we're we're gonna do an article about all the people that have run from this weight and i say run it's like kind of but like that are not in the weight anymore they weren't 74 and now they're not and it looks completely different and i look at who's left vincenzo joseph might be the second best guy at this at this weight i know he's not like freestyle his freestyle chops are not the same but i think much of what he does folk style translates freestyle He's got incredible talent, and I see a bunch of guys that he's beaten ranked ahead of him. Yeah. Um, well, so you have him. You have Chenzo. You have Imar, Kolchitsky, Gant. Yeah. Alex Marinelli. Yeah. If if you're looking for someone that can maybe present that kind of X factor, a little element of danger against Jordan, maybe it's Chenzo. I mean, it's no one, but if it's someone, I think it's probably him, right? Uh, I'm looking at this weight. Um, I'm looking at this weight as Burroughs is sitting in the finals, and I'm just gonna enjoy whatever the open gives us, right? I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking at this weight like who is going to be. Yeah. Who, who could unseat Burroughs? I'm just like, let's see the rest of these guys enjoy it for what it is. Who yeah. can win the open? And maybe someone will emerge. Maybe we'll be like, oh, okay, this is this is great. So that's 74. We're kind of really jumping around here. But next. Um, do we want to talk about Dayton and Gable a little bit? I mean, there's there's a there's a bunch of uh, things to talk about Gable with, right? There's there's people saying, you know, I said best ever, and then you got to go to, um, you know, y'all posted, Joe Kenya posted something. We have to talk about this. Mako Gable. Can we talk about this specifically? Because sure. it's maybe 
to me, the most fascinating hypothetical high school versus like legend matchup ever. I don't know. I can't think of one that's more interesting because they're both kind of well. Mako is probably more mythological than Gable, if you can imagine. And and I think one one yeah. reason that I, I give I think the majority of people and maybe it's just recency bias and this happens and it could be reality as well is Gable. It's Gable over Mako and Gable's the better prospect, etc. But one one thing I don't think Gable is snapping Mako. Okay, I think there is a, a tremendous amount of strength that Mako possessed that would have made some of what Gable does more difficult. Um, now, in terms of speed to the leg and some of the things that Gable does, yeah, he's he's got it on him. But there's a strength component that I think keeps Mako in this hypothetical match. We'll probably never. I see. mean, I think that Mako could beat Gable. I do too. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying he would. I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion. I don't. I don't know who I would pick in that match. I don't either, and maybe I wouldn't have felt this way, but Kirkfleet gave him a match. Kirkfleet he gave wrestled him a match. with him. He wrestled mm-hmm. with him. He didn't beat him, uh, but he showed he could wrestle with him. Whereas Gable has basically destroyed everyone since Jordan Wood when he was a sophomore. So I, I think I think Mako would absolutely be able to wrestle him. And uh. there's this continuum of of Gable Stevenson that's like this. We go. Is he the best? I said it, best prospect ever. What would be the most um, compelling match in the history of high school wrestlers? Mako and Gable, you could talk about that. But then there's also this continuum where, like, on the other side uh, of the spectrum, it's he just had a 3-1 match with a high school junior. Mm-hmm. And then this. Who, who would you take Gable Paris, Mason Paris? I would take Gable. I think it's I think it's a really bad matchup for Mason. Uh, you're not gonna be able to finish on your knees against against Gable, and in and fact, think, and that plays right into his short offense too. And I don't think that Mason. I think if Mason was a full time wrestler and more polished and and had the, mu- I mean, that's what makes Mason great, right? Is he has such this high ceiling because there's he's so good already, and there's nowhere to go but up. Um, you know, as as he devotes his time to one one sport um but th- at the same time if they wrestled right now you'd have to edge gable because um mason just doesn't have he hasn't felt that before i mean gable's gable's positioning and footwork is so just far superior to 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 what we have seen in high school uh couch what do you got what would you guys say mako gable and gable paris Gable on both accounts. Okay. I yeah, I think the Yeah, Gable. Because I think uh every time that we've seen Gable be challenged or like try to be intimidated, <laughs> you know, remember the finger wag from Cadet Worlds? Like, okay, you can throw me off the stage. I don't care. All right, Maka, you can try to kick me instead of foot sweep me. I don't care. I'm better than you, I'm gonna beat you, I have better feet, I'm a better athlete, I'm a better wrestler. Technique-wise, unquestionably better wrestler, and uh, it would. And I'll also to the Kirkfleet thing. I, I just wait and see, folks. Kirkfleet's gonna be amazing. Yeah, I know Kirkfleet. Yeah, we know for that sure, for sure. But I mean, M- Mako didn't have, to my knowledge, uh, a three-one match with with anyone in high school. Now, what was the landscape? I I can't speak 
as to he can't call it. I can't call it. However, I, I do think that he was more. There's maybe a little more dominant. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying. I love Gable. Think the world of him. I, you know, I was when he won his first Cadet World Title. Um, he did it with. I was there. He would. He did it with grit. He did it with talent. He did it with grit. He did it with heart. I love Gable. But what I'm saying is when you're talking about when the, the narrative of this, when you're talking about Gable Steven, D- Stevenson and the Pantheon, uh, you have to consider all parts. He, he won cadets. He won juniors when he was still a cadet age level. We're comparing him to Mako. But he just had a 3-1 match with a high school junior. So, you know, what is it? Where is he at? For sure. In the pantheon of things. That would be – both. those are two guys with super heavy hands, Gable and Mako. Yeah, uh, Gable, he moves guys unbelievably. And I think to the Paris question, let's see what happens two years in that room, right? Mm-hmm. Coach Bormat, Adam Kuhn, all those guys working with him. Who knows what he can become? Mm-hmm. Because I talk about – and it was, well, it's the second time I've referenced Mike Riordan in one show, but um, he made this point about, about you know, how he finishes on his knees. I guess I never really thought about it until he mentioned it. But that's really hard to do also. It's like you have to have – he must have just otherworldly strength in, in some of these positions that he can do that. I mean, he's able to do it against Brandon Whitman, who I think is really, really good. He is so, good. So, I, man, who knows – they're, they're freaks in this world that just do things that, like, yeah, maybe that's you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to be able to shoot a double leg like Jordan Burroughs does, right? Like, there's some people just kind of can break the rules with, with how they wrestle. And Paris could be one of those guys, and we could look back. And I'm hoping, and, and as much as I, I love Gable, I would love for him to just not run away with NCAAs every time. I don't want another – Zane Rutherford situation where it's like we don't even there's no point even discussing this way right (laughs) no I don't think we're gonna see that like I don't either as good as Gable is and he might you said last show 2020 he's your pick yeah right as good as Gable is he could hold the spot for Bruce Baumgartner-ish length of period but I don't think it will be I don't think he'll be unchallenged. I think Mason I think Mason Paris is going to be at that level. I think Kirk Fleet's going to be at that level. And, and Gable might win every time. But, but it's not going to be – we're not going to go to sleep. We're not going to be like, eh, Gable. As much as it uh, – you know, we, we – Gable tweeted about, man, I wish I could have wrestled Kyle Snyder. And, you know, there's Adam Kuhn. Like, as much as that kind of stinks where we won't get to see him, there's a really good crop of, of heavyweights that are coming up that are going to face Gable – every year right you know you got Cassiope and, and Neville's in there as well and the Nash Hupmaker who's uh, also a freak um so uh, it's it's kind of good in a way that Gable will have this group of guys coming up at the same time as him that will just always be challenging him and always chasing him and always pushing him mm-hmm. and for his historical accolades he'll he'll be able to say he did it if, if he if he wins everything it's like man he did it and he did it against a, a great crop where Zane Rutherford really can't make that claim, and that's not his fault. I'm, yeah, I'm right? excited you know about yeah, I'm excited about um, heavyweight in America and uh, the international stage. Um, yeah, like you said with Zane. Um, but Speaking even, even here, it's probably right that that pulls deeper than what the 49 was for Zane. But um, I like, I think in a couple years, you know, 
Rio, whoever comes out of it for the United States, I think we have a really good shot. I was up all this weekend um, watching Russian juniors. Uh, like, their Russian junior heavyweights are were not impressive. I don't yeah. know what Georgia and Azerbaijan and Iran have, but I don't know. I think I think with our young group, feel confident in in the world stage. Um, and then, well, we got on this topic. Christian said Dayton and Gable, and we're kind of talking about these um, youngsters that are junior eligible wrestling up at the senior level to open, and Dayton's going to wrestle uh, the senior level as well. I don't. Did we say last show? Did I say last show? I wish that they need to get juniors off that weekend. Yeah, we talked about that. I agree completely. Is yeah, because we made the point about hey, as juniors are starting to come up and be yeah. great, we need to make sure they have opportunities. I mean, to make you know, Spencer teams. had the opportunity. Yanni has the opportunity if Yanni was healthy, right? I mean, these are all guys that could contend. They have to choose, and you don't want to have them choose. And what's interesting, and you mentioned Yanni, it's like, well, yeah, Yanni's not going to beat Zane, but are we going to see Zane this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like a couple of things going. On. He might not wrestle this spring or maybe he's just could take the open off but you know there's a possibility he just takes this season it's a grind you know he's been grinding for and there's the other thing is he is he outgrown 65 which i wouldn't have guessed but man 49 down to 43 and a half they have that's that's not nothing right that's a you just you just kind of naturally i think as uh i do ncaa fans all right you're a 49 pounder that means you're 65 that's just like you don't even think about it. It's like, well, wait, that's five and a half more pounds, and he's, you know, who knows how – we don't know how hard the 49 cut. Maybe that was, like, not easy for him. So I don't know if we're going to see Zane or when we'll see Zane. Um, I hope that we do see him, but I've reached out to people that, that would know, and they would not confirm to me he's wrestling this spring, which is interesting. Yeah, I want to see Zane. What about Nolf? Will he be at the Open, you think? I don't know about Nolf. I th- Meredith I – sh- um, Meredith's not coming back till the fall. I thought he wasn't even wrestling. I thought he was just. That's what I thought too. But then hands but on no, site. He is good, but not till fall. Not till the fall. Christian, I'm with you on the the Zane thing. Like, especially if UW's go into this, you know, where there's going to be more of a season. Like, and if we stick with Final X, that means you know Zane could potentially have to do, you know, beat the streets, U.S. Open. Final X, World Championships, you know, a Pan Am or, or, you know, two or three other events, then you're looking at making 143 eight, nine times a year? No. Well, here's the thing. Here's all he has to do. World Team Trials, Final X. Yeah, I know that's all he has to do, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking in the future going forward, you know, making 65 time after time after time after time, and well, you know, he's just thinking, like, I'll go up. Time. I know the, this year, but I'm saying he's also thinking long-term. He has to be. Uh, yeah, but thinking long-term, are, are you saying – then if you're thinking long-term, you're thinking 2020, which basically you're implying 74 kilograms for Zane. I think that's... Or shrink your body. Take a year to shrink your body. Sure, but but still, I don't follow you on the number of times you have to weigh in. It's only like the, three times. The, I'm saying this is... It is it behooves him to take this year and look at the landscape going forward and go, do I want to stay at, at 65 and shrink sure. my body and have to do all these things over and over again or try and grow. Sure. I get that. I don't get the weigh-in part because you don't, you don't have to weigh in eight, nine all times. All right. No, both said the same thing three times. I'm trying to understand. I know. I know. We're not getting there, though. Going forward, he's going to have to weigh in more. That's my point. No, yeah. It, that's not true, though. He won't necessarily have to. If he, if he wins 
Final X, he's automatically in the trials again. If he wins a medal, he's automatically out till Final X. He could potentially only make it. You know, it it's not determined how many times he would have to weigh in next year. Is my point. Okay. Let's get to questions. Whoa, we got a lot of questions. We've got some questions. Um, we've talked about this. The the freshman. Someone asked incoming freshman best shot of dominating through NCAA Spencer Lee style. I mean, it's Gable. I, D- Dayton Dayton can win a title next year, but it's not going to look like like Spencer. He's gonna he's going to be more Snyderish. He's going to win the takedown battles. Dayton's Dayton's more polished on top than than Kyle is well, in folk style. He's got a decent tilt series, but and it's a composition of their fields too, right? Like yeah. heavyweight cleared out and and 25 has a guy named Spencer Lee and and 33 has a guy named Seth Grove. I mean, there's much more there's more competition. And someone asked about that. Um I would like to find the question, but I know it was asked. W- where do you think Seth Gross, Dayton fix. If we assume that pitch goes 25 and Dayton goes 33, how do we see that playing out? Um, I think it's I think that's one of the tougher matchups for for yeah. Dayton. Yeah, it's uh, a weird matchup, right? Yes, it's bizarre because one, wh- where's Dayton great? He's really good on his feet, um, but he's not the greatest leg attacker. I mean, if if we're poking holes in a guy who's a number one and one of the best guys in a generation right um you know you can poke hole he doesn't have a consistent leg attack and he's more or less indifferent on the mat now he's got the heart of a lion he's an amazing competitor he's got a grazing amazing tank and he's only going to get better right it's like we're kind of judging him off of a high school version of himself now he's going to be in the oklahoma state room he'll be better but i still think year one out the gate he's gonna have he's gonna struggle with his there's this chasm of information on Dayton, in my opinion. I mean, we saw him at, what, Reno or whatever? Yep. But then we didn't see him at the scuffle. It's been a long time since we've seen Dayton in Folkstyle. For sure. And then I say that about Seth Gross, and then I remember Tariq Wilson had this guy beat. Mm-hmm. He had the winning takedown. He was in on the winning takedown in overtime against Seth Gross, and, and we're going to say that Dayton can't. No, Dayton can for sure win. Um, but we'll... we'll one, will Dayton be at 33? But two, will Seth Gross be at 33? Because I know he's he's discussed moving up. I think it would behoove him to stay at 41. But A lot of moving parts there. Yeah. Tari- Tariq's on the bubble, right, at 33 or 41. Seth Gross might be. I mean, remember, Seth Gross started as a 41-pounder. Is Spencer Lee more dangerous on top in freestyle or folk style? Oof. Asks Tanner Lefevre. I think it's freestyle. Because every takedown... For Spencer, is a potential match ender in freestyle, and, and and that's true in folk style. But there's a series of you gotta get the wrist, flip him over, return, give up the wrist, get it back, and he does that right. But all he needs is one single leg, and you start spinning, and next thing you know, it's over. So I would say probably freestyle, and which is insane because he's otherworldly yeah. in folk style. And yeah. the thing with that is like. Who hasn't he turned? And again, we haven't seen him on senior level, but based on his freestyle, who who has he not turned? Did he turn his guy in the world final? He scored a bunch of points, but I don't know if he ever. Um, Are you talking about Mose? <laughs> Mose. I mean that year. Yeah, the Mose year. So that's like one match. <clears throat> right. No, but I'm that's, just saying. But yeah, asked. no, I, I, I see what I you're saying. That's that's once. crazy though. Did he turn Dayton? 
I'm uh, almost sure he had to because no, it was. I don't think he did. Counts. Yeah, I don't he did think not he turn did. Dayton. He but he did Dayton so win that because he got the four on the trip and it was six six right, and he won on. Uh, did he win on last point scored or or greatest? Point? I think he won on last point. Only there was a place criteria. we could watch that match again. Yeah. There are. I don't know. I don't know how you differentiate between is he better in free or full. I, I, because here's the thing. Maybe maybe his potential match ender in freestyle if he just rolls you up. But, like, in folk, if folk, if he gets one, it's it's over. You are not – like, if he gets a takedown and turn and you're up 6-0, six six forget it. It's, you can, it's not over, it's over. Right. right. Yeah, I, I still think in terms of just match termination, it's him. Okay, so Brad, a.k.a. ASAP Turd, <laughs> asked uh, a week or so ago how he could find love. Okay? And we gave him some advice. But follow-up from Brad, do you think my chances of finding love are better now that I've relocated to Florida? Yes. I think they are. Yeah. Just because population density. And Although I don't know where he lived before. It doesn't look like he's changed his last name yet, though. That's a little concerning. Should we say his last name? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's his name. His name oh, is his name. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's, he's clearly not If Nomad is so adamant is against Quinn. this, I don't God think. Darn it, Willie. That's his name. We don't know that's his name. It's Twitter. You yeah. There's no requirement. Shoot. Like, hey, I got to put my real name on Twitter. That's a good point. Well, he said ASAP. I could, I could it doesn't have to be your real name. Nomad Donkey. <laughs> don't do it. No, yeah. Why would you don't do you that? that? Because you can on Twitter. That's the magic of Twitter. You can be whoever you want. That's true. Crap. Well, I'm yeah, thinking no. about, for Brad Clit, I'm thinking about the 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 population of uh, Florida. I mean, maybe there's some old retirement homes. There's you a lot of a ladies. Sugar mama, Brad. I would get yourself a sugar mama. A lot of that old money. Mm-hmm. I, s- I fully mm-hmm. support the sugar mama theory. Yeah. I, I, we know you we do. We know you do. You, <laughs> suppo- uh, you support many mamas. Okay. Um, you really <laughs> don't even know what J- that means. You know what it means. Jay Adams asks, you really think Jaden bumps up for 2020 to have to beat the best in the world over going down to wrestle an older Taylor he's already beat? Yes. Yes. He can't. He can't make eighty six. He won't make eighty six. He can, It's like it's a stretch day before, two hours. If you were just stood next to that man at NCAA's, I don't know how he ever did it. Well, his hyperactive sweat glands had to help. <laughs> yeah, he's the greatest sweater of all time. What What always confuses me with people is when they're like, "Why don't you just go this weight and beat this dude?" It's like because sometimes your optimal weight is your optimal weight, and whether. And the, unfortunately, sometimes you're not the best guy at that weight. Jaden's pretty lucky that he's pretty much the best at whatever weight he wants to go. But, like, sometimes your optimal weight isn't a weight that you can also be make a world team. Like, if you yeah. want to win a world title, you should be at your optimal weight. Right. And, and that's, that's especially, kind of— Especially now. That's especially kind of my, with two-day weigh-ins. This is my Dake theory as well. It's why I believe Dake should go 74. Because, yeah, it's harder to make the team— and this could be not true, right? But this is just how wh- how I view the situation. He makes the team at 74. He's got a better chance of winning the Olympics mm-hmm. than at 86 as a undersized 86 kilo guy. So that's why I think. And for Jaden, first of all, he can't make 86. Period. He said that. No, it's, it's true. He can't make that ship it. Sailed. He he couldn't make it if it was the old school weigh-ins, right? Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's a great point. 
even if they didn't change the weigh-in structure, there's a good possibility that Jaden's like, I'm not doing that again. They they said it it messed him up. We yeah. saw his performance at, at in Paris. He he did not look Jaden-esque. Now, also the other fact is one, it's no lock that he's beating David Taylor. David Taylor. I mean, that's the most controversial World Team Trials series I think we've we've ever seen. Two, the, he can wrestle with Kyle. Kyle's a different cat. Kyle's Kyle's the best in the world doing it right now. But I think his style matches up okay with Kyle in that that's going to be a close match within the margins, right? Yeah. And Give me Kyle, but... The most important point here is that Jaden Cox will not wrestle 86. Yes. It just, it's not happening. So it's not about him, like, it's saying... It's a choice. It's yeah, choice. it's not like, well, I could go here or here. I'll just go here with Kyle. It's like, well, no. There's, like, other reasons you can't. Let's do one more question. One more question. One more. I'm going to make it. I have one also that uh, I'd like to talk we'll about. We'll go we'll for talk it. about you... this week. No, go ahead. Um, so, okay, and I'm probably going to write an article about this. Every year for the last, I don't know how many years, we've had a, a college guy make the world team. Is <laughs> Seth Gross the most likely guy who still has eligibility left to make the world team this year? Thoughts, reflections? Um, that's a good question because we could say Mark Hall and Zahid, but they're in a tougher way. Whereas 61, not as tough. It does not have Kyle Dake, Alex Daringer, et cetera, um, in it. Or could it be no, a I would Spencer say, at I would 57? Say, I mean, you got I think Spencer. Spencer or Dayton. Yeah, you got to think 57. And then if you consider Zane at 65, if he was wrestling. He doesn't have eligibility left. No. Oh, still next year. Yeah, yeah. They can still wrestle in college next year. Hmm. Yeah. But so probably one of those three, right, would be your Zane Dayton or so it's basically who do you think Spencer or Dayton? You pick that one and then Seth Gross in there and Zane for a I think it probably I think if you had to put odds on it I don't know. Who's the who's the favorite at sixty one? That's my question. Can somebody tell me who the favorite I, is at sixty one? I think Joe Cologne because I I think Kendrick's better, but man, one thirty four twice. Who just went one and two at the Pharaoh? Joe Cologne, that was Jacob Cologne. Oh, my god! That was Jacob Cologne? That was Jacob Cologne. No yes. wonder he went one and two. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on, Willie. Well, I was looking at practice. Jake Cologne. Jake Cologne has to be Joe. You know there's... Are, who's the who's the favorite? Is he your favorite? Joe Cologne? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm assuming Maple's up. I just... I, I got a story to tell 134 you 134 twice for Kendrick Maple. I mean, God bless him. If he can do it, sure. Go ahead. Win it. I just I don't that that worries me. I mean, look, here's the thing: Do you foresee John Morrison won the Pharaoh? He beat oh my gosh, John Morrison. He beat Gross. He beat Graf. Yep. Do you see him winning the Open? My thing is my thing is great tournament, John. Let's see if you can do it again, right? I mean, maybe he can, maybe he can. But I'll say that Gross is not the most likely because I think there are like six or seven guys that are on Gross's level. Right? I mean, Graf, Cologne, uh, John Morrison, clearly. Cody Brewer. Well, there's four right there. Just off the top. Maple makes a fifth. Um, you know, Corey Clark, who already has beaten him. There's six guys, right? Spencer and Dayton are they're, they're the three or four best. Brandon I, Wright made the challenge tournament, world team trials, the challenge bracket finals. Yeah, and Brandon Wright's in the mix. Brandon Wright could beat Seth Gross. 
Yeah. What about Absolutely. maybe you also has. have Nico and Nation? Yeah, for sure. Okay, it's Spencer or Dayton. Uh, don't make me choose now. Fair enough. All right, that's a great one to end on. Why don't we go? Um, I don't know if we have the outro music. We got a little slightly different setup here. Is that a Kyle Bracky responsibility? No. Efren, can you just sing? Can you just sing the Baylor alma mater oh, fight song? Oh, actually, no. What we need to say is thank you to ASICS. Thank you for your sponsorship, for your support, and uh, everything you've done for us. And um, I still want Efren to sing. Efren's not going to sing. It's go time. See you guys later. We'll be back Thursday.